0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com, that's B-A-R-E, boat alaska.com and tell larry you heard about it on this podcast this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by islander calls and creations bill and sarah yaki are lifelong residents of prince of wales island and their unique deer calls are built for blacktail hunting specifications check out their facebook page islander calls and creations to order yours today welcome back to the podcast Jaden bales what's going on man
1: Hey man, it's been a long time since we have caught up, and uh, I'm I'm curious how things are going. I'm excited to catch up with you.
0: It's kind of funny because I think, man, I haven't had Jaden Bales on for a long time, but it always ends up being about a month and a half. Is that right? Uh, something like that. It always seems like man, I haven't talked to him in like half a year, five, six months, seven months, and it ends up being uh, every about month and a half, two months that I have uh, have you on. So it's that's good as it works out like that. I think for the most oh, part.
1: Thanks. That, that's how I keep my corresponding status.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, how's the season going for you? Because we're up here and it's, it's October, so the alpine deer season is over. Um, we're now looking at rut and people are kind of counting the tags. So if you have, yeah, ideally you have two alpine tags taken care of, you got some deer in the freezer, and you got two more tags getting ready for rut. But I don't have any deer yet. Abby has one, but... It, things aren't necessarily shaping up as uh as i had planned
1: hey wait isn't it what's hers is yours and what's hers yours is ours <laughs> in that situation like, yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> no that's great um man you know i i always think about this uh about this time of year i start feeling like oh my gosh like things have moved so fast because we've been hunting for a month and a half or whatever down here and uh if you if you're an archery antelope hunter anyway it's a month and a half but really um a lot of things are just getting started you know a lot of rifle seasons started in early october a lot of um deer and elk seasons have yet to open up so um Yeah, I'd like to summarize the season, but I I feel like, man, I've just been lucky to get out a bunch. So I Mm -hmm. I can't really say it's been a bad season or or not. You know, I've been out a ton um, and I've I've shot a couple antelope does and uh, I shot an elk and unfortunately lost it um, Mm. with my bow. So that's been that's been how the season's gone. And, um, you know, and, and that you try to summarize it, but gosh, you're talking like, you know, 20 days maybe a field in the last month and a half including antelope season so like it's it it, that doesn't really summarize it very well right that's just the highlights
0: yeah yeah i was thinking about that too that i don't have any deer but i'm not really that panicked i i have a caribou and a mountain goat like those that's a legendary start to the fall like that's who am i so it's, I, I feel <laughs> yeah. ho- horrible to even complain or, or mention the fact that I don't have a deer yet because things have been so good. But, you know, that is the thing that I look forward to so much is the alpine deer and those things. And that, that's the thing that I should be the best at at this point. But, mm-hmm. you know, you start looking forward to that stuff and you start thinking that you're going to apply all the cumulative knowledge of all of your career so far. And then mm-hmm. when it doesn't necessarily turn out, you think, oh, man. And I think it's different up here because we have such a long season. So we have four months, and you can get multiple deer. And so I think unless you have a bunch of tags, it can kind of stress people out because their whole year is tilted toward the one week-long trip or the 10-day trip that they're making that can add some some bonus stress.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I feel so lucky to have, like, you know, my first tag opened August 15th this year and the last, and and the last one closes January 31st and that being a cow elk hunt. And so I think you're right. You know, we're kind of in a a lucky select group of people who have the opportunity to hunt for a long, long time. But for the majority of folks who hunt, like you said, like a a week or two a year, it's, it's definitely a lot more. Um, I, I could see it creating a lot more anxiety to try to get something down.
0: Yeah. Especially when you add, add in the travel, like if you were, uh, if this is the week that you plan to go to Colorado or Montana or Idaho or Alaska, like this is, it has to work out. This is the only time that I have. So it's nice to have, um, more options, but
1: yeah, absolutely. One of the things I've, I've talked to a couple of people who've gone on elk hunts, like from back East. Um, they've been clients of mine and, uh, nobody, you know, the the two guys I'm thinking about right now are actually really three I'm thinking about right now didn't fill their tags right but they also like the the whole thought process behind their hunts was i just want to go and learn and i just want to go and like enjoy this whole process so you know i think that's a huge factor right that you don't each each hunt's a little different as to what you're trying to get out of it because if you're these guys and you're just coming out here to colorado for example and just trying to be an elk and they got in elk and you know what that's a success um so i don't know that they have a whole lot of heartbreak coming home after that versus you know like us who have these really long seasons and are just used to getting critters that's just a totally different mindset that we uh that we you know go into the season with
0: yeah i've been thinking a lot about this there's a couple different angles to it one is I, it, with the proliferation of social media and experiences it is offered uh, we have so many more amazing incredible opportunities and it's so positive that we have these these it can connect us to hunts that we wouldn't ordinarily know about which is so great <laughs> and then a potential byproduct is that you have you know do people not, have we eliminated the contentment that we used to have with hunt specialization? So there are people who were just mule deer hunt and would just crush mule deer. And that was their thing. They didn't think about caribou. Like they don't care about caribou because it just wasn't on the radar. So right. you, you put you put some of these hunts on the radars for other people. And it's like, man, I'm so thankful. I'm so happy that I was able to have this experience. Caribou or not. You know, or in Abby and I's case, um, elk or not, it was so much fun to be in down to be down there and be in elk, even though they weren't bugling and they'd gone quiet. It was still such an amazing experience. I'm so happy I was able to do that. But for some people, there, you know, well, I heard about this hunt. I'm going to throw some money at it, and if it doesn't work out, then I'm going to be upset about it. And that's an unfortunate byproduct of it. But it's it's cool to hear about people who are excited for the opportunity for the experience, not taking that as a guarantee that they will get meat or be successful
1: i see that a lot in like when someone burns a bunch of points or spends a bunch of money on a hunt that's for some reason that that is gonna guarantee that they have a more successful or more like a hunt that meets their expectations more and i just i feel like oftentimes the more invested you have that the more disappointed people end up being you know rather than like I had this elk hunt with my dad and brother last year, and I just knew that we weren't going to be just hammering all over the place because this is a family hunt. Like we're gonna do it all together, and you know, um, and and that was a totally different outcome than if I would have been like, man. I'm going to try to find the biggest bull and I burned 30 points or yeah. whatever the case is. Right. It's just, oh, man, I, I I think that if we keep everything in perspective a little bit better, it can alleviate that. But gosh, it's really easy to get down that trap of just being like, it's gotta be this you know, specific way, this specific experience, or it's not the, ex- the experience I wanted. You yeah. know, We see
0: that a lot up here and I have some guide buddies that come up and they, or they talk about people who've come up and they get really disappointed when they don't catch a 50 or 60 pound King. And they don't have that perspective. And it's, they've talked for months about going up to Alaska and they have this, you know, they tell their friends or bragging to their friends that they're going to come up here. And so when it doesn't happen, it's, it's like a hit to their ego because they were the ones who were going to make everybody jealous for their trip up here. And they were going to catch all these fish and they've hyped it up so much that if it doesn't happen, it's not a matter of, oh, dang it, I didn't get the fish. It's how am I going to face my friends who are supposed to be jealous of me because I was talking so much trash and it didn't end up happening. So yeah, that, mm-hmm. that approach, but you can't do anything about that. Like that's, that's people are going to have that approach and that people are going to do that. And that's, I don't know if you can, I, I think you can definitely learn to, to think a little bit differently and maybe change your approach a little bit, but um, yeah, it's kind of sad when people have that and it ruins uh, what could be really, <laughs> really fun.
1: I actually am having this conversation with my brother right now. So he's coming out for, like, we've got a six day rifle meal deer season here locally, and he has a tag just for this local area. And he's coming out. We're really excited. I've scouted a whole bunch, I've seen a bunch of deer, yada, yada. But at the same time, and I, I actually was supposed to have the conversation with him tonight, but didn't. Anyway, uh, him and I need to discuss the fact that, like, look, as soon as we see an animal, we need to, like, take a sec and be like, you know deep breath ooze fraba and like really embrace the fact that we have set a lot of expectations for him to get a deer and if we you know if you over set those expectations you lose your noggin and you lose your cool when you're in the moment you got to really just stay focused because um yeah just keep keeping that good perspective is like could ruin like in make or break a hunt yeah So uh, part of opportunities here, when you talk
0: about making or breaking a hunt, knowledge is such an important thing. And we have outfitters who you spend a ton of money, but everything's taken care of. You have Mm -hmm. on the opposite end, you have the free podcasts and things like that. Do your own research. Then you have kind of you can pay for class and such. And so you've uh, you've found a different uh, space. Talk a little bit about the space that you found in that's that's also in the middle there.
1: Well, one of the things I've always loved is kind of, like, sending people pins and, like, talking about an approach for a hunt. And I've done it with you and Abby, and, like, I just – I love doing that thing because it's, like, like getting uh, the insider information on, like, a hunt you're doing. Uh, And then when you have success or not, like, then – you know, I think that it's really cool to kind of talk through what happened, why, when, and like, I think there's just a ton of learning with that. I mean, I think especially, you know, I've got a ton more to learn and I do it on all of my hunts. And, um, when I think about when I got my first elk, I did that with Cody rich. Um, and we did that through the podcast. Um, so I basically like looked at all this like history of, of this like kind of advising or, you know, consulting that people do to each other and with each other, myself to others and others to me. And I thought that was really helpful. So um, I started uh, Hunt West, which is a project of mine that I'm just trying to play around with um, helping people out on their hunts, um, like doing exactly what we're talking about, looking at setting the right expectations, step one, and then two, like figuring out a game plan that, that fits someone's style. Like not everyone is going to be, uh the ryan lampers 12 mile backpack into the backcountry and not everyone's going to be the jason carter looking for the biggest trophy buck on the mountain either so um you know just really just working with folks and trying to help them have really good hunts has been something that i've been focusing on uh with hunt west and um it's been really fun this year it really has Mm -hmm.
0: so you don't like the term consulting but that is essentially what you're doing which is a cool thing to provide it's it's you know people can't afford outfitters and people yeah. it's still a i don't know who cares about the classification it's not it's a diy but with enhanced research i don't i don't know but uh what uh what's the operation load or how many people are you clients are you taking on
1: man i'd like to think of it as like uh trip advising mm. uh or like a travel agent for hunting nice. right i like it it's not giving someone it's not you know giving someone the spot where they have to go but it's um teaching them the tools um to figure out how to keep looking and and um having a game plan for each day of their hunt right because like i'm not going to I I don't know, and even if I did, I wouldn't give it to folks. Like, like, I don't know exactly where the deer or elk are in these units, but I can also teach them, like, hey, this is what you're looking for. You want to go, you know, in these zones that are overlooked by people or where you can kind of get away from folks without having to hike 12 miles in the backcountry. Or, like in the case of some folks, it's like, here's some really great-looking habitat. And you have to back back into there. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that there's a lot of different approaches and it's been fun to basically just sit down and look at what each person wants and, and um, try to help build a game plan around it.
0: Yeah. People get really funny about uh, helping other people. And, you know, as a writer, outdoor writer, I try to be as you know vague as possible when it comes to, to mm-hmm. places and whatnot, you know, because, you know. Prince of Wales is on the map. People go to to hunt and fish Prince of Wales, and the rivers there are packed with people now. And it's it that seclusion, that isolation that you used to be able to get, you don't really get anymore. But that's you know, it's it's providing money for the for the island. So there's always going to be people who are upset uh, of the about the people who are making money off it, who are writing about it, who are getting the word out about it. Um, do you consider that, but don't worry about it? Or how do you approach the people who are inevitably going to take your entrepreneurial idea and turn it into some sort of, this is the worst thing in hunting since well, killing the bison from the trains or
1: something? Yeah, man. And I think that it's something I think about a lot because I'd never want to like blow up someone's spot. And that's why like these places that I'm helping them look at, the vast majority of them i've never been to before or if i have been there like i've driven through it I, I, I haven't hunted it before
2: after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers if we've learned anything it's that there's always a catch so when i first heard that mint mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month i thought what's the catch but after talking to them and using their service it all made sense there isn't one Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint... You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just fifteen bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Um,
1: and that's because I, I'm trying to teach people how to do it, not like mm. what the exact spot is. And I think that it's uh the term I like to say is like you know you you give a man a fish he eats for a day and you teach a man to fish and he can feed himself for a lifetime like that's the whole the that's the whole idea behind it right um so and and i think that when you look at the influx of people that that are interested in hunting out west or just hunting in in new unique kind of ways uh it's I don't see a, a slowing tide of of people getting into it. What I would like to see, though, is just a better cohort of people coming in and doing a better job when they go out there, not just running around on the razor and causing a big ruckus and tearing stuff up. Right. So, you know, that's, I think, where you can see an opportunity to, to make a positive impact while helping people learn.
0: Yeah it's that it's like the movie hitch when uh, will smith's character is it's he's by uh <laughs> recommendation only so he can control the clients and you know uh and it just helped people and it's realizing like that they, he doesn't actually help them like they kind of helped themselves or, or what he tried to help them with or the suggestions that he gave him uh weren't really the things that was working it was just the confidence to to be able to be noticed it wasn't like any sort of tricks or anything by a um, you know, by someone who's who's good at getting girls or, or making relationships or something like that. It's like you said. It's it's a, enabling people to make that a right decision in the right moment and have the confidence to follow through with the plan, rather than mm-hmm. you know just say, "Well, I'm just going to throw money at it," or "I have no idea what I'm doing, and I just hope I get lucky."
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, and I I do a questionnaire like survey thing before I help anybody out, and like the question is what, you know, what kind of experience do you want? And then I also ask them, like, what would make this really helpful? And, um, if someone says like, I want to know like the biggest critter in the unit and like how to get it, I'm like, ah, I'm not going to be helpful for you. You know, mm-hmm. like this, you're so right. Like it, it is very much based on like, you got to have the right person who is looking for their personal, like trying to teach themselves and not just look for, um, the get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. Have you found oh. people?
0: I know you're kind of new into it, but there's people who represent who they wish they were versus who they actually are. So when you're filling out a questionnaire, <laughs> you can think that you embody all these great attributes of a hunter who you know is just mm-hmm. ethical and I'm about the experience. But have uh, have you have you had any that? um might not uh, have a sense of reality
1: when it comes to who they really are? I I think a large part of it is, is like the questionnaire is built in a way that like, I try not to set anyone up if they're, if they're answering the questions in a way that might not be a good fit. Like I'm going to, it's going to, I'm going to catch my, it's going to catch my eye. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I do, I do just to answer your question. The number one thing that I keep seeing is everyone wants to backpack hunt and no one wants to, actually be fit enough to backpack Uh, oh yeah so like (laughs) like that is a huge factor and i i've seen it with like three or four different people so far that like they were like yeah i want to you know they answer the question i want to backpack hunt and then you get to like breaking down like what their physical fitness is like and like how much they've done before and you realize that like we really actually got to step back and like backpack hunt for them means walking around the woods with a backpack on after Mm -hmm. sleeping at the truck. (laughs) So yeah, that's been a huge piece.
0: That's, that's such a, I want to be the type of person who does this and that's an identity thing versus, you know, will you actually do that? And there's such a, such a big difference. That's one of the cool things about some of these experiences is that if you are pushed, you find that, yeah, you can do that. That is you potentially. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can have that experience. And then it becomes less about telling other people and more about just that feeling of, man, I I did that. Like we biked, we, we took a boat and then we hiked six miles and then camped and then another three miles and shot a deer, then three miles back to yeah. camp and six miles, like, dude nice, you know, and getting up from going from sea level to 3000 feet in elevation, you know, those sort of things are really cool. And it's, it's fun to, to find that you're capable of that. And that's, uh, -hmm. it's fun to be able to help people see that, um, in themselves and and, and provide that. And that's, Mm -hmm. uh, that's awesome.
1: But it's one of those things where, so like, um, I have a friend of mine, we, there's an aquatic invasive species kind of Cracked down in Wyoming, so we had to put the kibosh on this plan, but we were planning on boating into an area uh, in Wyoming to go deer hunting, not because it was like significantly better hunting to boat into this area and then camp on the beach, but because it was like part of this experience that we really wanted. Um, you know, my buddy's dad, who was trying to orchestrate all this is like, man, I have shot big deer. I have shot a lot of deer. I just want one in this specific way. And I think that when you, when you're looking at like the style of hunt that you do, there's like just a big adventure that goes with it. It's like logistically, like not easy. There are a lot easier ways probably to kill deer, um, or to like, you know, fill your freezer, um, and, and this is maybe just from a lower 48 perspective, but there are a lot of easier ways to, to get a deer or an elk than to backpack in and get one. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens to be like, you know, that is a great experience or to boat in and get one is a cool experience. Um, and I think sussing out like what someone really wants out of a hunt, um, is hard and important to do, but we don't do it very often. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there are a
0: couple lakes around here because our road system isn't very extensive on this island. Prince of Wales has a pretty extensive road system so they can get around a lot of different areas, but there are some lakes around here that you could hike a, hike around pretty easily. But now that mm-hmm. we, Abby and I both have pack rafts, just, Hey, let's raft across just a whole new experience. Just a different thing. Let's <laughs> yeah. the pack rafts, let's go. And yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just cool to include different things and different toys and have a different experience. And not that it ever gets mundane, not that it ever gets old, but you know, just that opportunity for something new and and fresh is just, it's so great.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And it, I also think that it's one of the things that we don't talk about is like, I'm going to do this thing because it sounds freaking fun. You know, (laughs) that's okay to do. Um, You know, if it's fun to have a nice camp or to sleep in a motel, like, gosh, just do that. Don't worry about what, you think other people may or may not think about how hard you hunt or don't hunt or whatever, you know, like you, uh, I, I Jess and I have talked about this a lot this year. Like how can you make sure you have fun on these hunts while also going really hard in the paint. And it's just as um, it's, we've got a lot of pressure I think right now um, from, you know, particularly I, I like to blame social media, but also just from the general ethos of hunting right now yeah. to, to go really hard. Yeah. I, it's not always what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I think we get really caught up in in minimalism, in badass, in difficult, and sometimes we could forget about just how fun it is to be out there and then warm and comfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I took minimal stuff and I only took, you know, 18 saltine crackers for the whole time. So why? You know, like there's, there's nothing wrong with, hey, you know, I we brought a ton of stuff out in the truck and we truck camped and it was awesome or bringing the hot tent, you know, and, and tons of food, you know, taking the boat out and everything. It's, it's okay to have a ton of fun. You don't have to have this Epic story of how badass you were and how minimal you were and how miserable things were
1: like having (laughs) having fun is good too. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And it's not like I want every, you know, every, every hunt also should be different. I, I think that's the other thing people forget. Um, because you can do different. I mean, just, you know, each one has its own challenges. Each weekend's a little different this weekend. Um, I'm going to go pronghorn hunting in an area that I might like legitimately backpack in for a pronghorn this weekend. Yes, nice. But I also shot two antelope does in front of my house, two, two pronghorn does that I I left the house with my rifle in my hand and walked out in the meadow and got him Right. Like, like each thing has it. There's a time and place for everything. Yeah.
0: I I would love at some point to do one of those, maybe llama. I'm not sure about getting on a horse in some of that rugged territory, but just, (laughs) just go back to one of those camps where you have the, the canvas tent and you have, Mm -hmm. you know, full on meal and everything we saw up on the, we were hunting caribou. Someone had one of those programs and, and they just firewood stocked outside. And it was, uh, there was a wife and there was at least one kid. And I was like, dude, this, this dad's doing it right. And he understands and knows that if this is going to be a family thing, it's going to have to be maybe a little bit more comfortable than what he ordinarily does with, with some of the buddies. But it was an awesome tent. Took a while to set up, but we were we were jealous of just the comfort and we were in awe of, 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 the program that he was running. And it was, it was really cool. And that'd be really fun to, to do one of those in the, in a rural area. But if you start talking about the cost of that, I mean, it sounds definitely like an outfitter type hunt, not just, I don't know, the amount of money that you could spend on something else would probably, you know, you, you, you get an outfitter for an elk hunt somewhere remote, that's got everything taken care of, or you could do five, six or seven or eight other hunts. So I don't know if I'll ever do it, but that, that sort of
1: cool comfort elk camp seems like a cool thing to do. It's Yeah. There's totally a balance of like, you know, (laughs) being financially responsible and, and, uh, and doing one hunt really well versus like doing a bunch of hunts, you know, the way you want to do them. So the, I, I, I struggle with this all the time. I would imagine everybody else does too. Cause I've noticed every time that a topic has been brought enough, you're like, man, I'm always like, you know, balancing this. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is just a common thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, and I do wonder, and I, you know, again, going back to the social media and the internet and, and YouTube and the, the fact that we don't have the same gatekeepers that there used to be, anybody can make content. And so it seems like everybody has this long resume of so many different hunts. If you're a Western hunter, you've been to three or four different states. You have a fistful of tags. And at some point you have been to Alaska or are going to Alaska. And so mm-hmm. I think those voices are probably amplified. And I think I'm sure there's plenty of, of people who are super, uh, you know, Robbie Denning, like the guy just crushes mule deer and he loves mule deer. Brady Miller, those guys are mule deer guys. They've done other yep. hunts too, but you know, we just get this sort of, I can't be satisfied or I don't want to just be a sitka blacktail guy in Southeast Alaska. You know, my resume is incomplete if I haven't done these other epic experiences. And that can be a trap, but it can also push us to do some epic things that we're going to be so happy that we did for ourselves, not just so we could tell other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it's one of those things that like I identify, <laughs> quote unquote, identify as a uh, mule deer guy, right? It's like one of the things that I really just like I wake up in the morning. I'm like, what kind of honey do you want to do? I want to go deer hunting, Mm -hmm. but you know, Jess is, Jess and I work really well together in a elk hunting team. And, um, you know, she, you know, it, it just makes more sense. And we have some epic hunts when we go, um, elk hunting, you know, and uh, deer hunting is more of a solo thing. So I think that there's totally like, it's, it's good to have people around you who kind of push you to, to do a little bit things that are not just in your comfort zone, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: So uh, what's uh, what's up next? What do you got uh,
1: next hunt? So we're kind of elk hunting. Um, their elk season is open here next to uh, our hometown, and. Um, we're elk hunting and Jess is trying to take her mom out. Her mom is 67 years old, um, and is just a firecracker. She, her name's Jenny. Jenny is, um, one of the most fit 67 year old women I've ever been around and we got her shooting and, um, she's going to try to get an elk. So Jess is going to go hunt with her this weekend primarily. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll be tagging along a little bit here and there. Um, but then also I'm going to go probably do that, like that. Uh, pronghorn hunt um, try to get my buck this weekend uh, I really like those like solo supper fests um, so I'll go give that a shot um, and then my brother's coming out, um, the 15th of October for six days. And again, it's one of those things where like, I will say the pressure is probably pretty high and we, we need to lower that pressure a little bit before the season is here, but, uh, we have big expectations just because of how much scouting and how much work, um, that has gone into the, the preseason planning. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot going on, man. It's, it's really fun time of the year for sure.
0: Nice. I got, uh, blacktail for the near future. It was awesome to get uh, those other exotic hunts out of the way, but it's going to be blacktail. Abby leaves for Boise uh for a wedding. So she'll be down in the uh lower 48 for a couple of days and so this weekend I'm going to do an unsupervised solo trip somewhere and it looks like the weather might be okay so I might uh I might camp. But it'll be a little chilly. It's kind of nice to get out on that first chilly uh chilly hunt where it's uh Mm-hmm. camping and, and you're out there you had some snow on that last one that's pretty cool that you guys were uh did all that all that snow uh go away by the by the end of the day as it does down there sometimes or did do you have to uh, fight it the rest oh, of the time
1: yeah. yeah i mean we were up there at 9000 or you know the second day we were hunting at 9500 feet or 9800 feet and there was still snow but it was melting um so i'd imagine by now it's gone um so what is your you know when you're going solo like that are you going to backpack in and like do the whole thing, or are you, do you try to sometimes reel it in a little bit and hunt some hunts closer to home?
0: We're in uh, that transition period. A lot of people don't uh, hunt the early part of October because the deer aren't moving a whole lot. Uh, they're kind of getting in that pre-rut waiting for things to really start kicking up, and so people really waiting for <laughs> them to get to the point where they're going to come to a call. So um, there's a lot of stuff from the truck. You just kind of go from the trunk, do a truck, do a day hike, or you know, camp at the truck. That's kind of my program at this point. Uh, alpine season, when you get on top of the mountain and you camp up there and, and do that whole thing. But, uh, um, there's, uh, I don't know, there are a couple of different opportunities that involve a couple of different things, um, regarding, you know, where I camp, if, uh, if I'm going to camp away from the vehicle or at the vehicle, but, um, mm-hmm yeah sometimes you bring all the stuff and then based on what you feel based on other people that are around and based on what the weather actually does compared to what it was forecast to do then you uh you make the call and, and you go with that so
1: um yeah how do you so, how do you balance hunting with your significant other versus like hunting with the plans that you want to make or is there ever an issue with balancing those two
0: there's not much um you know I, i'm not super super experienced i have you know whole bunch of days under my belt, but I've only been hunting and I hunted a lot of solo, uh, days, uh, hunting for, I think this is my 10th season. So I have more intuition than, than Abby does. And she recognizes that, but at the same time, you know, she'll had some insider. or what about this or that. So she doesn't just, you know, follow me around. She's, she's very smart, picks up stuff. So, um, and I ask her stuff too, you know, it's like, well, I was thinking about this, what about this? And, you know, so we'll talk about certain things and, um. Uh, yeah, we, we hunt pretty well together. We haven't had a ton of success, but uh, a lot of the the road system stuff around here is just it gets hammered pretty good. And without the boat, we're kind of limited to to where we can go. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun to to be out there with someone. I like solo camping or solo hunting because I get to run the exact program that I want to. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's nice to. there's kind of an accountability level. So if you get frustrated and you just want to angry hike, if you're with someone else, it's like, okay, I can't get angry right now. I have to keep hunting, stay calm, stay with it. And you have another set of eyes out there. You might be making more noise, but you know, there's definitely a benefit to it if you
1: use it to your advantage. Yeah. And I think we're probably also really lucky that our significant others are pretty tuned in, you know, they're like very adept and um, it's helpful Um, one of the things that I struggle with is expressing to Jess like, man, today I just need to go and do a mind clear that like, is just me wanting to run my face off. And I understand that it's not the most effective, but I just need to do it. You know, like I'm going to hammer and, um, it's something I've struggled with, man, is like, is, is communicating that because it's not like I don't want to hunt with them, but, um, it is something where you have to also prioritize your own mental, um, Clearing time. So anyway, that's what, that's why I, was, I brought it up just because it's been something I've struggled with. And then Jess has really helped me. She's like, okay, I can tell you're frustrated. Like you need to also do something for yourself and, and express it, communicate it. So um, I guess that's a whole different therapy session to talk about couples communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just something I, I didn't know if you had talked about or thought about.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely the, I'm more likely to get frustrated. I try to approach it with just the excitement and I usually do. I'm so excited to go hunting. And so it ends up being the, you know, the stress of the week, or maybe some, some kids were, were unruly and, you know, you just question the whole thing, but then, oh, the weekend. So I usually uh, approach hunts with just euphoria almost, but then something inevitably happens that there's someone where we want to go or the weather doesn't cooperate or we don't see anything. So I start to get frustrated in that moment. And Abby's pretty good about calming me down or, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, or reminding me and, or I just kind of look and I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Why I shouldn't be, I can't be throwing tantrums. Like there's no, there's no honor in a tantrum. So I need to calm down a little bit. So I'm getting better, but, uh, um, yeah. yeah, it's nice to, nice to get out there. And again, having more days, I I think it would be really stressful if there was, um, if, you know, we were running out of days and last year on the elk hunt, when we weren't finding an elk for Abby yet, it wasn't my tag. So I wasn't super stressed, but she was just seeing how excited she still was and still willing to walk. And we were still getting after it. And there wasn't a defeated attitude, you know, she was excited to be out there. And, you know, then we started having some encounters toward the end, even though there was nothing making any noise, they were you know, responding to cow calls, but they were coming in quiet and, you know, it didn't end up panning out, but on the first day of mule deer season, she shot a nice one. And, um, it was actually funny cause we saw a couple of them and I made a point to be just calm and just, Hey, there's this, you can use the pack for, uh, you know, rather than get really excited, which I've done before, you know, I'm just, and I, I kind of rush things for her or for me. And I, I, I create a lot of tension, but I made a point to just, Hey, you know, we have time. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. hey, let's go up to this bush. And so it was, but because of my reputation for kind of freaking out, getting too excited, she's like, just, just, I'm like, Hey, we're, we're fine. We're fine. And so it was cool to just kind of, uh, she, she keeps me in check really well, uh, which is, which is nice. And, it's helped me be a more effective hunter, at least in that moment, you know, I help things, Mm get things calm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. It's nice to be able to share that too. I have some friends who talk about just how special it is and how unique it is that, uh, you can have like real hunts. There are definitely people who go out hunting with their, um, significant other. Um, but there's no limits. Abby will go with me on any hunt, you know, the mountain goat hunt. It was super, super steep. And I know she she had a little, some foot issue going on, but you know, she was a trooper, didn't make one peep about it and, um, just had a good time. And it was fun to be able to share that uh, experience with her. And she was really fired up for the the mountain goat too. And so, um,
1: yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, that's so good, man. Well, it's, it's definitely one of those things that I don't think we ever talk about, but I, I could tell you for, from a couple of experiences I've had now, that losing my crap and like getting all excited when you want to have see them have success like does not help the situation no. at all. No, <laughs> like, it doesn't. I here's the guy, did it, post up here. No, no, here's my pack, and then you're like, no, no here's use this log and uh, they just need to work through it and and then have it at least in in our experience like anytime that jess has worked through the situation herself not have me losing my stuff in the background like that's turned out really good yeah when you try to like force it and you get all excited like gosh that just is not the way it goes my dad was really bad about getting super excited like that and i, I don't wonder if you know like we can't be better um, mentors by acknowledging that and like trying to make a, uh, (laughs) try to make a concerted effort to just letting it, um, letting someone figure it out. And then when something gets away, just being like, okay with that because it's a learning experience. If they needed to do it faster and that critter just got away because they didn't do it fast enough. Like that is part of the learning experience. They're probably not going to get it if you try to rush them either. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I look back at that mule deer and I may have been talking to myself more so than abby just hey we have time it's okay he's right there let's be patient let's wait for the yeah. next one let's use the pack yeah. that was probably just me speaking to me um loud enough for abby to hear i guess i don't know who
1: knows but worked out great that's oh that's totally right man when you like you know, have to walk yourself through it and it's for yourself almost as much as them is like i think that's good though because um it is as much as they're, you know, the, the shooter is going through their own mental process, um, you just want to see them do so well. It's just like, come on, man, like, dude, end this anxiety for me, like, yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really important to call it out and, and to get it under control. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mountain Goat, uh, Abby's cooking
0: up some Mountain Goat dinner. I'm not sure. She has a couple, uh, she has some relatives who are, like, live in, uh, Hong Kong. So she has these really great uh, Asian rep- recipes for um, they go great with the mountain goat and caribou and stuff. And so it's not just uh, American food and burgers and, and pasta and stuff like that. We're getting some really nice uh,
1: Asian cuisine. It's uh it's pretty good. Oh, that sounds so good. Well, send me some uh, recipes because I think it sounds like that mountain goat might be um you, you might be able to work with it similarly to like maybe antelope
0: do you think it's pretty good i i shot my uh Mount goes only about a, a year and a half two years old so it was uh you know younger is is tastes pretty good but I, yeah, i wasn't going to pass up a solo billy like that you know and go home and empty-handed so yeah it's the meat's pretty good
1: and um pretty versatile so oh that's awesome well cool man i'll have to give that a shot and uh the... And, and play with some of that stuff we actually we've got sous vide mule deer and sous vide elk going nice. on right now excellent um, we've i've had it before but we had we just got a sous vide for ourselves so this is the first time I've, we're doing it ourselves and um we'll have to play with it mm. i know it's all the rage it seems like these days for that run sure, a vide. so for sure well it was nice talking to you man i really
0: appreciate uh you helping uh abby and i out uh, good luck with the uh, business again and uh
1: how, where can people find you and, and all that Oh, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. And, and I will say this, I just to take a step back, like, I appreciate you and Abby, um, you know, being supportive and like being a guinea pig and all of this stuff. Like, I've, I've kind of talked with you guys a lot about, um, the hunts that you and I talked about and how that ended up working out. So um yeah thanks for even just letting me be part of those as like a, an observer and game planner with you that's been really cool to see you guys have some success like a lot of success really a ton of success so um thank you uh if anyone wants to like hit me up about hunt west plans man i think it'd probably be best if i just look at 2023 at this point um just because the lead time is really tough with hunting plans. Um, I've had like two week lead times right now, so it's probably better to look to next year. So, um, 2023 hunt, um, tag applications and hunt plans. Uh, you can do that at huntwest.net. Um, or just give me a shout on social media at Jaden Bales. Um, that'd be huge. Excellent. Cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jeff, and uh, gosh, keep keep it grinding on this uh, deer season. I'm excited to see how it turns out because I know you put in so many days. It's gonna, <laughs> it always turns out eventually, you know. Yeah. It's gonna gonna come out with some meat in the freezer. I can yeah. I can guarantee. Oh yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Have a good evening. You too.